This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. So we're doing a series on kingdom expansion. And so last week we, uh, I spoke about, I asked this question, how can we see the kingdom of God expanded? Extended. And, uh, the word of God says that you are the light of the world. The light will, Jesus' light wants, to, he wants to shine his light through you. Now the question is, how can we increase that light? How can each one of us shine the light of Jesus brighter? And so last week, I shared with you the most powerful force in the universe. God's love. God's love moves us. And so if you read the Apostle Paul and his writings, he would often speak about being struck down and having opposition, but not defeated. Always getting up again. And so Paul was moved by love. He was moved by love. Even though he was struck down, he would get up because love compelled him for the sake of those on God's heart. He was like, I'm getting up again. And I'm going to preach. I'm going to share the message of Christ. And then last week we touched on this passage, Romans 1, verse 16. I want to recap and then we're going to get into the last part. But it says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Come on, say it, not ashamed. Not ashamed. Not ashamed, not ashamed. So many are intimidated. So many are quiet. So many are afraid of what people would say or think. But Paul says, I am not ashamed. I am not moved by people's opinions. I am not moved by being intimidated by, by, by man because I am moved by love. I am moved by love to share this message. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God. And I shared last week that that word power is like dynamis or dynamis or dy- dynamic dynamite and the and the, and, and the gospel, if we, you and I would just whisper the name of Jesus, just whisper the good news of who Jesus is and what he has done. It's like taking a whole lot of TNT and throwing it into the room, blowing up the devil. All the gamers would love that. Blowing up the enemy, blowing up darkness. There's such power in the gospel message, the message of what Jesus has done. And we need to discover that again. And then it continues there. It says, it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Come on, say, by faith. The just shall live by faith. We come alive by faith and we slowly die by unbelief. We, 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 we live by faith. We breathe by faith in God, in Jesus. And we slowly die and become overwhelmed with darkness when we step into unbelief. And so today I want to, I want to show you five things that kills your faith and how you can unlock faith. 
if you want to be alive. If you want to come alive. If you want to breathe in the life of Jesus. And, and so this is so, so, so powerful. You know, every one of us can have, we have the privilege of turning on the lights, flipping the switch for people. There are so many people who are born in darkness. They live all their days in spiritual darkness and their destiny is an eternity in darkness without God. But you and I, we can flip the switch. We can turn on the lights. We can release the light and the life of Jesus. But you need faith. It is by faith. We die slowly by unbelief. So we need, we need faith. The just, those who are right in the sight of God, they live by faith. There are only two things that I know of that are, that's impossible according to the scriptures. The one is it's impossible for God to lie. And the other one, it is impossible to please God without faith. So you need faith. You need faith. And there are so many of us that are under the problems and the challenges of life. You feel, people feel burdened. They feel like, I don't know how I can do this. They feel tired, continuously tired and, and struggling and like, and, and we think it's, it's my circumstances. It's this challenging job. It is, it is these things that I'm experiencing in my life. They are causing me to be tired and struggling and stressed. And so forth. But that's not the truth. I believe many people are tired and struggling and under things because of one reason, unbelief. If you would add faith to whatever you are doing, you will connect yourself to the resurrection life of Jesus. And you will be full of joy and full of peace and you will have a blast in the midst of challenging environments. But the enemy comes and lies to us. And I've experienced this so many times in my life. I'm like, oh, oh, this is struggling. This is, oh, this is tough. This is difficult. This is, and I realized that at the core, it's, I'm not applying my faith in Jesus in this. So I want to stir you this morning to embrace faith in God, to apply faith in every area of your life, to bring God into, into the picture. It doesn't matter what you are facing right now. It doesn't matter how big the mountain. It doesn't matter how big this devil in front of you or the enemy. You're on the battlefield and you're staring down this giant and it's massive. And you're like, I don't know how I'm gonna, I don't know how I'm gonna do this. The beautiful thing is the moment you step into faith, you win. The moment you step into a place of wholehearted trust in Jesus, you've won. Why? Because then God steps onto the battlefield. God steps in and he deals with it. The Lord fights for you. And so the, 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 the fight is for faith. That's what the fight is for. The contention is for faith. And the moment you step into faith and you remain in the place of faith, that mountain is going to move. The giant is going to be cut down because God is going to fight for you. But some of us are like, light goes on, light goes off, light goes on, light goes off. Load shedding. Nothing works with load shedding. You can't just say, hey, I believe. And then five minutes after the service, you're like, oh, I'm back to unbelief. You know? So there's a place where we have to contend for faith. 
and then remain in faith. And obviously all of us have our moments that we buckle a little bit. That's normal, but you need to fight for faith because it is by faith. Come on, say it by faith. It is by faith. It's not faith in faith. It's faith in Jesus. It is faith in what Jesus has done for us. It is faith in the Almighty who created the heavens and the earth and who loves us. And he says, I am with you in this. But if you want God to fight for you, you need to apply faith. And the enemy comes and he pushes us out of faith. And he comes and he kills our faith. And then we are disconnected from God and then we slowly die. We live, we come alive by faith, and we slowly die because of unbelief. It disconnects us from God. The just shall live by faith. We are a house of faith. You are a, you are a faithful believer in Jesus. But you have to contend for it. It doesn't just happen. Okay, so fight for faith. The moment you step into faith, you've won. You've won. You've won. Come on, say it. I'm winning. Come on. Yes, you are winning. And the enemy is off on the side and he's shouting like, hey, look over here. He's wanting to like look away from Jesus. He's wanting to distract us to cause us to look away. No, no, no. Get your eyes back on Jesus. Get your eyes back on the one who loves you and backs you and fights for you. By faith, you win. Guaranteed. Step into faith and things are going to shift. But you need to step into that and, and stay there. So how do we contend for faith? Well, a few things. Number one is hand it over to the Lord. Give it to God. Whatever you're facing, whatever you, you, you challenge with, give it to the Lord. And keep on giving it to him. And then stand on his promises because the promise of God unlocks our faith. But by faith, we come alive. By faith, we overcome in life. But by unbelief, we slowly die, spiritually, emotionally, even physically. I've seen our people who embrace a place of unbelief. It actually physically makes them sick. Stomach ulcers because of stress. Blood pressure shooting through the roof because of worry and, and, and things that, and unhealthy things on the inside. I'm going to share a few stories with you to hopefully stir your faith. But if you're feeling continuously tired or burdened or, or, or overwhelmed, it's not your circumstances. It's a lack of faith. Come on, say it. it's a lack of faith. Okay, because we need to know who the enemy is. If you don't know who the enemy is, you can't win. So you need to know who the enemy is. Right. Live by faith. The kingdom of light is expanded by faith. But by unbelief, the darkness spreads. By unbelief, so you need to refuse unbelief. So Romans 14, 23 speaks of this, and it says, but he who doubts is condemned if he eats. Now, the context here is um, they were sacrificing or dedicating food to idols, to demons, and then Paul was saying, if you have faith that that devil, that idol is not God, then you can eat. Bless the food. You're not going to die, not going to be cursed because of the greatness of the living God. So if you have faith, you can eat. But if you don't have faith, as it says there, but he who doubts is condemned. If he eats. Condemned meaning disconnected from God. And then it continues, it's because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin. Whatever. Is not from faith. Is sin. 
What is sin? It's missing the mark. What is sin? Sin always leads to death. If you do anything, if you tackle anything in your life without faith, you're going to feel burdened. You're going to feel overwhelmed. Probably going to be stressed. And you could possibly get physically sick, emotionally sick as you are trying to do this in your own ability. So you need to contend for faith. Whatever is not of faith, for whatever is not from faith is sin. So in other words, whatever you do, do it by faith in God. Add faith to your relationships, to your work, to your future, to your finances. Whatever you do, add faith if you want to overcome. So what, 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 are the, what are those areas in your life that you are tackling without faith? What are those areas in your life that you're feeling overwhelmed? That you feel under it? Add faith. Contend for faith. Unbelief is this virtue from hell. It spreads the darkness. But faith, this virtue from heaven, connects us to the living God and moves us forward. Okay, so value faith Despise unbelief. I hate unbelief. It sucks the life out of the environment. It sucks the faith and the ideas and the God ideas out of an environment. It just kills. Unbelief. It's the virtue from hell. Okay, so what kills faith? Number one, what kills faith? Small mindedness. Small mindedness. You and I are called to have unreasonable faith. At times. What is our challenge in Western culture? We try to be reasonable. If you are reasonable, you're going to have reasonable results. If you want unreasonable results, you need an unreasonable faith. So I was interviewing Pastor Don Phillips from the RUCC church in Umtata. And I was just, I loved the interview. I'm releasing it on Tuesday for the Fivefold Ministry Academy. And, and, and he shares the story that in 2001, you know, he, his board, his church board were extremely small minded. They were focusing on things that just killed him. He's a big thinker, big dreamer, stepping out kind of guy, a man of faith. But there were a whole bunch of very reasonable people on his board. So he said they would like argue about for months, about, say, he said, the, the flip chart, the price of a flip chart, that he shouldn't get it in East London, he's expensive, go get it in Durban, the flip chart, so this guy's just, he says, he's like, he's like he's, he feels nauseous before the meeting, he's like, a day before, really upset, because he's got this meeting, and they didn't have property, and they didn't really have finances, and so this opportunity comes to, like, buy, like, six, I think six acres, or six hectares, I'm not sure, but, like, quite a bit of land, and they don't have the money. And he hears the voice of God say to him, buy it. And he hears the amount for this amount. And they don't have the money. Banks are going to lend them the money. But he steps out. And now the board is already quite critical about him. And so at the bank, the wife of one of the board members are there. Now you can listen to the whole story on the, on the interview. But the wife is there at the bank. She works there. Of, of one of the board members, and as he is now saying, now we're committing to this, and she knows there is no money. She says to him, Pastor, please don't bring shame to the name of Jesus. <laughs> and he's like, the Lord has spoken. He commits, 
the board finds out next day they have a meeting and they, they, they are freaked out. They tell him, this proves that you are stupid. He says, I'm sorry, I've already committed it. It's done. We're going to trust the Lord. They resign, the whole board, except for two or three people. They all resign. The next day, Pastor Don is like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. I am free. (laughs) And the Lord provides. Miraculously, the finances grow. Today, they've built on that property a six thousand seater building they led six thousand people to jesus last year six thousand in an environment which is called the pastor's graveyard but it took unreasonable faith to see unreasonable results i like that guy i'm like you inspire me now it's probably not the best leadership principle to get rid of your board But uh, accountability is good. But I want to say, don't be that guy that kills somebody else's faith. Don't be so small-minded that when somebody wants to dream with God and wants to step out, that you actually kill them. It takes eyes of faith to see. And I tell you, there are times when you might hear something from God and no one else is going to hear it. And then you need to step out. Why are we so afraid of failure? Why be so afraid of failure? The path to seeing the kingdom come. Unreasonable results will only come from unreasonable faith. And that will take risk. And yes, we're going to stumble and fall and make mistakes at times. But we're going to get up again. I believe I believe God blesses. The scriptures are clear. He blesses faith. Faith in him. Lord, I think that's you. Let's do it. Step out. And yes, obviously it's good to test the word and to make sure and whatever. But there's just sometimes times you just have this gut feel. This is God. Do it. Just do it. Unreasonable faith produce unreasonable results. And I believe God has called us to be an unreasonable, faithful people. Amen. We live by faith. Let's get unbelief out. But it is By faith that the light burns brighter. It is by faith that the kingdom comes. It is by faith that we see the will of God be done. Come on, say it by faith. By faith. By faith. So number one, small-mindedness will kill your faith. Number two, what kills faith? Disappointments. Disappointments. So... We're going to read Mark chapter 16 in a moment. But to give you a bit of context. So Jesus dies on the cross. The disciples flee like cowards. So now, all they think is he's dead. All our dreams, all our hopes, it's gone. Everything we are, everything we hoped for was connected to him and he's gone. So now these 11 disciples, I mean the one committed suicide, 11 disciples hiding away, afraid of also dying, hiding away in a room, and I can just imagine what the talk was about. I can just imagine how they are talking one another into unbelief and fear. And now, Jesus is risen from the dead. And people, he appears to people and, and some people are 
bringing the message to the disciples. He's alive. And they're like, we don't believe you. Wonderful apostles. So they are hiding away. They're not believing the report that Jesus is, is risen from the dead. And I can just imagine, especially in a modern context, if Jesus would step into this environment, walks into the room, he would sit down and he said, guys, talk to me. Share with me your pain, your disappointment of everything you've been through. And share, share with me your pain. And they share. And then after a while, you know, after an hour, hour and a half, he would say, yeah, I think guys, you, yeah, I think you guys are burnt out there. You're burnt out. These these disappointments, they have just, I mean, you, I can see you guys are tired. You have no faith. You, 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 you know, I think we must just, let's just pause everything. What about, I, I think you guys need a break. So we're going to just pause this outpouring of the Holy Spirit thing for say 10 years. Just give you guys a break, you know, just to recover from all the pain and disappointments and everything you've been through. How does that sound? Shame, man. Everything you've been through. No. 50 days later, Holy Spirit gets poor. Revival breaks out. Jesus steps in and he doesn't do that. Maybe he sat down and he chatted to them. But look at how he responds. In, in Mark chapter 16 verse 40, it says, Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief. <gasps> Cease. You insensitive, unpastoral shepherd of the flock. He rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. It's like Jesus steps into that and he says, wake up, guys. Wake up from what the enemy is doing to you. The enemy has killed your faith. He's wounded you in your heart. The disappointment has led to hard hearts. And he has stolen your faith. The unbelief that's resting upon that There's this dark spirit of unbelief resting upon you. And so Jesus steps in and he says, I rebuke that. I think, I don't think he was just rebuking them. I think he was rebuking the darkness on their souls. The enemy got a foothold. You know, and, and I think sometimes, don't be the guy or the woman that when somebody is like going into that morbid pity party, I'm sorry for myself and every, the whole world has done this to me kind of thing. And then you help them down that path of continuing in their self pity party. Sometimes you need just a rebuke, loving, merciful, kind, out in Jesus' name. This is not of God. If you continue down this path, it will kill you emotionally, spiritually, and even physically. Out in Jesus' name. That's what Jesus does. He's like, wake up, guys. The enemy is killing you. And so often we think... You know, it's like in in our church family, every seven years, we can get a three-month sabbatical. I can already do three after 21 years. And everybody, every now and again, somebody says, Andre, you need to take a sabbatical. And I'm like, I can't. The kingdom needs to come. The kingdom needs to come. 
You know, the one moment in the presence of God stirs us, strengthens us, so that we can move for Jesus. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't take a sabbatical. Now, you should live sustainably, all of that, yes. But I tell you, there is a place in God where we receive supernatural strength from the Lord. So that we can do and so that we can live. But you have to, whatever you're doing, do it by faith. If you're not doing it by faith, you're going to be under it. And you're going to be tired. And you're going to be, you know. And if we allow disappointments, because I've seen this. I've seen it with guys that go through things. I can tell multiple stories. But recently spoke to to somebody that had a disappointment like a, a year and a half ago. Relational disappointment. And, 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 and as a result of that, disconnected from church, disconnected from God, tendency of negativity and unbelief, and physically sick, like blood pressure through the roof. Everybody say, hey, you're going to die, you're going to die, you're going to get the blood pressure down, nothing's working. And so I had this discussion with somebody and with this guy and we were chatting through things and I was like, I, I, I feel that original Offense, that original disappointment is the root of all of this. And it was. So we prayed into that original offense, relational disappointment that wounded the heart. Prayed into that, forgave, let it go, renounced the schemes of the enemy and renounced a spirit of sickness. Boom. Healed. Heart. Connected to the Lord, joy is back, peace is back, and the blood pressure within that day down to normal. Isn't that beautiful? Amen. Praise Jesus. So I tell you, unbelief makes us sick on every level. You die when you embrace. And 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 and, and what kills our faith often is, is disappointments. Something happened. Disappointment with God. Disappointment with a person. You stepped out and it Maybe it didn't work out or you trusted for this and it didn't work. If you, if you take the disappointment to heart, your heart becomes hard. You disconnect from God and a spirit of unbelief comes in and you're in trouble. You're in trouble. And so that's what happened to the, to the disciples. That's what happened to the disciples. I mean, think so, so, so third thing, what, what kills your faith? The voice of unbelief. So we're all hearing voices at times. The question is, what voice is it? Is it your voice or is it the voice of the enemy or is it the voice of God? And I, I, I was praying yesterday. I just really felt many of us are hearing voices of unbelief, whispering, being suspicious, cynical, fault finding, unbelief. And you need to refuse that voice. You need to become aware that that voice is not God. Because if you embrace that voice, it will take you down a spiral of unbelief. And ultimately, as I said, we live by, we come alive by faith, but we die by unbelief. We die. We slowly die if we allow that voice in. And so what is the, the end result? When the heart becomes hard, the word can't get in. You're sitting here this morning, but the word can't get in. The word of God can't change you because of possibly a hardness of heart or offense. I mean, think about the disciples. Jesus told them multiple times, guys, I'm going to die. 
But then I'm going to be risen on the third day. He told them multiple times. So I'm like, guys, didn't you listen? Didn't you listen? The disappointment wounded them so deeply that the word of God couldn't get a hold on their hearts. So you need to deal with it aggressively aggressively you need to get to that root thing you might be functioning up here but underneath there's a wound for some of us a disappointment for some of us and that is an open door to a spirit of unbelief and a hardness of heart and then you're like god hates me all of life is against me or whatever but we find ourselves going down those spirals of unbelief and so i want to encourage you refuse the voice of unbelief Allow Jesus to step in and as he rebukes the unbelief, as he rebukes the hardness of heart, you need to take up the voice of Christ and say, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke this unbelief. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke this hardness of heart. In the name of Jesus, I renounce this thing that's trying to disconnect me from God. You have to fight for faith. If you want to be alive, if you want to see the kingdom expand, but so many Christians, so many believers are in that space of um, just maintaining. Just maintaining because of things that has happened. So what kills our faith? Number four, inaction. Inaction kills our faith. So the next verse is Mark chapter 16, verse 15. It says, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He says, go, he says, move, go into all the world, preach to everyone, switch the lights on, talk to people about Jesus, go into all the world. Because Jesus knows when we stop moving, our faith starts dying. The evidence of real faith is that there's movement. So you need to move that stretches you, that expands one. So I... I've been, I've been stretched over this last while. So I did this one on the Wednesday. I did this um, interview with Heinrich Titus. First interview, a lot of technical challenges in the sense of getting everything sorted and ready. So I did that on the Wednesday. On the Thursday morning, I, we drove through to Umtata. So it's a three-hour drive, setting up all the video equipment, then interview of Pastor Don. And it's also like I need to get a feel for how to do interviews. Then we one o'clock, we drive back again, three hours. We're back around four. Just after five, I'm doing this online Pakistan crusade thing. I'm like, God help me. But this is a lot. There's a lot of happening, but and then the Lord just shows up, and I can I can just feel the Lord saying, "Go, move, move. Don't overthink. Just move. I'll back you. I'll be with you. But just start moving. Just start stepping out." And so, yeah, the Lord gives that great commission. I mean, these are the guys that would like just <laughs> unbelief, hardness of heart, cowards that fled from Jesus, and then the Lord says, "Go into all the world." And he's probably thinking, God help us. I hope these guys are going to, I hope they're going to make it. <laughs> oh, but I always love that. It's so encouraging. Because there's nobodies. People struggling with stuff. But what do we tend to do? We tend to look at ourselves and say, I can't. That's not me. Not evangelistic. I can't share with others. You know, I was, as I was interviewing Pastor Don, because he's got a strong evangelistic grace on his life. I was like, God, 
we need this evangelistic gift in our shofar church family. We need an evangelistic gift that just causes supernatural grace for souls to be saved and the kingdom to come. And the next moment I heard the voice of the Lord say to me, but you are that person. Ah, okay. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm uncomfortable. And when I was in Kenya, the one pastor prayed over me and he saw a vision of like a massive crusade that I was preaching at. And he gave me a number of the amount of people. I'm like, God help me. Freaking out. But what if? But what if the Lord gives us glimpses of who you are in Christ and he sees this in your future. But he says only unreasonable faith will get you there. You might not think you can do it now, but you can take that next step. That next step. You see, this is what grace, supernatural empowerment is about. It gives you the ability to do something that a minute ago you couldn't do. Because it's him through you. So I want to stir your faith. I know you think, oh, it's not me and I can't. And I'm, I just, just get the I can't out. Refuse to say I can't. And rather say, well, God through me can. Amen. Amen. Come on, say it. God through me. Can. Amen. Can. That is unreasonable faith. The Lord has made everything available. All he's asking is somebody to raise their hand and say, I'm, 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 I'm available. Now, Lord, start the journey. Start the journey. Take me on a path. Unlock what you want to do. Hallelujah. By faith. By faith we grow. By faith the kingdom expands. By unbelief we slowly die. Refuse it. Refuse it. Get moving. Get moving. Turn on the lights. Turn on the lights. I want to encourage. I'm, 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 I really believe God has called us. Last week Sunday uh, we were praying for at the end of the service for evangelistic grace to be released. And, and Yonela, one of the ladies here was standing in the front. She felt an impartation. Like an empowerment for evangelism. And she felt the Lord saying that he's releasing evangelistic grace over us as a church. And creative ideas of how to reach those far from from Christ. I'm like, yes, Lord. Do it. Do it. And so he says, go into all the world. Turn on the lights. So here's something practical. That every one of us can do. You know, I've seen that when I engage with people who do not know Jesus... When I engage with them about spiritual things, I develop a heart for them. I develop a heart for those who don't know Christ. So I want to encourage you. What about this next week or two? Start engaging in spiritual discussions. Don't feel like you have to persuade them or anything. Just just engage. Ask them questions like, do you think there is life after death? See what comes out. Just start engaging. So I say, yeah, Lord, let my light shine. Let the light shine. But as you, as you, as you engage and you hear what people are going through, then you can start praying for them. You can start getting a heart for them. And then you can say, God, I need, I need your grace. I need supernatural empowerment to see them turn to you. Lord, help me to turn on those lights. As I said, just the whisper of the name of Jesus, the gospel of Christ is like spiritual dynamite. It's powerful. It's powerful. Another thing that one can do is when I encourage you, there's always somebody ready to turn to Christ. Always. 
every environment, work environment, there's always somebody in your family, there's always somebody ready to turn to Jesus because Jesus said that the harvest fields are ready. So develop eyes to see who is in pain. Because those who are in pain are normally more open to the gospel message. Run to those who are in pain. Say, hey, can I pray for you? Can I help you? Can I support you? Show them the love of Jesus. I mean, this is for me one of the the, um, incredible like realities of being born again in Christ, of becoming a believer. For me as an 18-year-old, you know, when I, I gave my life to Christ, one of the first things that changed, and a lot of other people say the same thing, after giving their lives to Jesus, suddenly you're less selfish, and suddenly you care about others. That's the love of Jesus. That's the love of God. Love moves us, compels us. Go with that. Don't allow intimidation to shut you down. Have those discussions. And look for the people in pain and ask, can I help you? Look for the people in pain. Look for the people in transition and engage with them. Come on, say it. I'm going to let my light shine. (laughs) A little less enthusiastic now. (laughs) Come on. You can do it. Number five, last one. What kills faith? The demonic. The demonic kills faith. So back to that, that just want to read that, that previous verse again, verse 18. I mean, verse uh, 16. It says, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. So the key to salvation is faith. The, the outflow of salvation is being baptized. That's the first step of obedience. It doesn't save you, but it's a lifestyle. It's evidence of faith. God, I'm getting baptized. I want to. I want to follow you. Faith will always manifest in movement. Now the last few verses. Verse 17. And and these signs will follow those who believe. These signs will follow those who believe. Come on, say believe. It's by faith. It says what? In my name they will cast out demons. Ah, yay. Such a popular topic. (laughs) <laughs> they will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, whatever that means. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And I will unpack that in a moment. But it says these signs, the signs of the kingdom, will follow those who believe. The qualifying factor is faith. You see, faith connects us to the power of God and then the kingdom comes. And so the demonic, as it says, it cast out demons. The demonic can, can also infect our thinking. It's like some of us, like, like compulsive negative thoughts that keeps us from trusting in Jesus. So I was um, praying with a, a, a man that, that came to see me at some point, And he, he said that he was you know, at home and he felt like this pressure on his chest. And then he's like struggling to breathe. And he says he felt like this is not physical, but spiritual. Like it's a demonic something that's keeping him from breathing. So so we had some time to pray. And uh, as I'm praying for him, I feel the Holy Spirit say it is a spirit of infirmity, a, a, a demon of sickness that's coming through the generations. And then I heard cancer, spirit of cancer, a cancer-causing spirit. 
So as I'm, we prayed and we chatted and then we found out that his dad died of lung cancer. I didn't know that. So he's feeling this pressure on his chest. He's struggling to breathe and his dad died of lung cancer. And we realize there's a demonic spirit at work in him that wants to cause lung cancer. So we prayed and the demon manifested and, and left and he could breathe normally after that. How awesome is that? But I realized that if we didn't address it, over time it could have developed into lung cancer. Is all cancer demonic? No. But in this case, there was a, a spirit of sickness infecting his lungs and it came from the previous generation. And so you need to address those kind of things if you want to be free. And so it says there, in my name, in the name of Jesus, cast out the demonic. And then it says, they will take up serpents. And if they drink anything daily, now, I could never understand this thing about serpents. What? Snakes? Take up snakes. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. So I listened to a message by a very strong prophetic lady. And she shared that she believes that this serpent is a commissioning from the Lord to address a certain kind of demonic spirit that is like a snake that wraps itself around people. And so she shares one of the stories. Um, she was at a church and there was a worship leader that was quite short. And they were chatting after the service and the worship leader said she had a dream. And in the dream, she saw herself like in the womb and she saw like something wrapped around her in the womb. And then this lady knew that this is a like a serpent, a snake demon that has inhibited her growth in the womb. So they addressed it, rebuked it, and she instantly grew. Hallelujah. And it was a little bit weird, but I like the result. I wouldn't make it necessarily doctor, but I've never been able to, you know, you read this passage, you're like, these signs will follow those who believe, yes. In my name, they will cast the demons, yes. Speak with new tongues, yes. Take up serpent. Uh, okay, let's skip. And they will lay hands on the sick, yes. And they will recover. I've never understood that. But what if the Lord calls us to address spiritual things in people's lives that are squeezing the life out of them, killing their faith, like a python spirit, like a python snake that wraps itself around us and it just squeezes the breath out of you, you can't breathe. What if there are spiritual entities that does that to us? And what if you and I can take up these serpents by the fire of the Holy Spirit and cast them out? Amen. Hallelujah. So I know it's a little bit outside the box, but... I want to I wanna see somebody free. That's the win. That's the win. And it's the fire of the Holy Spirit that stirs up these things, reveals them, and say, hey, you that have been killing people, that have been stealing, the, pushing out the life, spiritual life out of people, get out in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, say, get out in Jesus' name. Amen. So unbelief, finishing up, unbelief can make us sick. In our emotions, in our thoughts, and in our physical being. So you want to get the unbelief out. No longer be under it, but above it. I say when you step into faith, you win. Because then God steps onto the scene. Amen. So last verses here, Mark 16, 19. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven. And sat down at the right hand of God. Jesus ascended, reigning 
from heaven, seated at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere. They went out, they went, they went, they went. Go. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. The Lord working with them, but then you need to work. Otherwise, the Lord can't work with you. You need somebody to step out. You need somebody to be unreasonably faithful. So I was in, in, in Kenya, and uh, I connected with a pastor from Johannesburg to connect me with Pastor Don in, in Umtata. And so we f- f- speaking on WhatsApp, and uh, he says to me that, you know, his vocal cords, now for months, vocal cords are is not not working well. He's struggling to speak, and he's got other problems in his body. And I'm like, I, I was unreasonably faithful in that moment. I'm like, because I'm like, everybody's getting healed in Kenya, so I believe Jesus can heal you via WhatsApp. So I say, Pastor, let me pray for you right now. So I prayed in the name of Jesus that the fire of the Holy Spirit would come and fill his vocal cords and his body and heal him. And praise God. He said the next week he was 95% healed in his vocal cords. 95% healed. It is a crisis for a pastor not to be able to speak. And then earlier this week on, on Friday I, with my mom, we were at Lavender Blue and I bumped into this pastor again, <laughs> visiting his kids. And, uh, and, and they said, yeah, his vocal cords and the chest, everything is like sharp. But they said, there's this one area of his body. He's struggling, painful when he sits. And, and I'm like, unreasonably faithful. You're right here in Lavender Blue. Let's pray. So I put my hand on his shoulder and I say, Holy Spirit, come. And in an instant, the healing power of Jesus is there and you can feel it. It's like the atmosphere shifts. And then I said, could be healed in the name of Jesus like for 20, 30 seconds. And then he tasted and said, the pain is gone. Amen. Like six months of pain. And his wife told me, please pray for him because I can't take it anymore. <laughs> So the Lord is looking for people who just be unreasonable, full of faith, like just God, you're going to show up right now. You're going to touch somebody right now. The Lord working with them as they move out. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.